Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to More Than Amused podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts hosted by Stani and Sadie. Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and you on important and forgotten female artists of the past. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another week with More Than Amuse. My name is Sadie. And I'm Stani, and we're just so happy to have you here, especially on this wonderful month of Women's History Month and with International Women's Day coming up, which I think this episode actually airs on, right? International Women's Day 2021 Yes, March 8th. Yeah, so happy wow. International Women's Day, everyone. Yeah, go women! That's awesome. Wow. I feel like we timed that really well. (laughs) Go us. Didn't even do that on purpose. (laughs) We didn't, but I'm a happy coincidence right there. And uh, it's fun because this week we're talking a little bit about ourselves and our journeys to where we are now, which hopefully can help some other people out there maybe if they're trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives. Not that we're like the end all be all of where you should end up by all means, but maybe just like talking through some of our stuff, like you'll be able to relate in some ways or maybe understand some things or maybe it will help you make some decisions I don't know yeah I like that Mm -hmm. I feel like what better way than to celebrate International Women's Day with of course all of the podcasts with history and forgotten women but you know I feel like there's a very big benefit and blessing of just like talking to other women Mm -hmm. and hearing other women's stories I feel like especially because of where we grew up and I a lot of the people that were around me had very rigid life paths that were very similar. I think I always kind of thought my life would go that way too. And it's nice to like that I've kind of expanded myself and it's cool that like social media provides us a way where like listening to podcasts, following people that would not normally be in my circle, but how it can totally like it's opened my eyes to be like, oh, there's so many different life paths. And because I'm not where I thought I would be at 23 doesn't make me a failure. Yeah, no, definitely. I would agree. I think that um, there's so much value in people's stories, even if like maybe they haven't reached all the milestones that they want to yet. Like I think just hearing about people's decisions and why they do what they do is just one of the most interesting things about people. Totally. And I think like the most valuable thing to me, like hearing other people's stories is I think I have realized most recent, more recently that subconsciously, I always thought like my life would end when I turned 30, you know, (laughs) like that I, that if I didn't accomplish anything by the time I turned 30, that I wouldn't accomplish it. And like, 30s not even old no like I'm excited to eventually be in my 30s I feel like the 30s sound like a prime time of life that I feel like I will eventually flourish in Mm -hmm. but like I, I guess like recently I've been listening to more podcasts that are like hosted by 30 year old women and I'm like they're so young and cool and like just coming into this success Mm -hmm. 
And like, they'll talk about when they were 23 and it's just kind of nice to be like, okay, like it's okay that I feel like I'm stupid sometimes (laughs) and that I don't have it all figured out. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. You know, I totally understand what you're talking about. It's, it's hard when you exist in your own head and then (laughs) realizing like the world is so much bigger and so much broader than anything that we're experiencing on our own in our own lives. And that's partially why I love the podcast so much is that we get to kind of Mm -hmm. dip into these other people's experiences and lives that they've lived and what they've done and accomplished. And it's always just so drastically different. Um, (laughs) So it's cool to um, be able to absorb that in any way that we can. Totally. And I think especially within the arts, because a lot of careers do have some type of roadmap that you have to follow, you know, like... Mm -hmm that's not to put down any other career um you know like medical school you go to be a doctor you go to medical school you do your residency and then you eventually practice whereas like art students or anyone who's an art like (laughs) of all the successful artists musicians dancers anything each person has such a drastically different life path of how they ended up getting to where they were yeah Mm -hmm. no that's so true yeah, it's pretty crazy how diverse the arts are able to be even in the past that people get to the same things. Yeah. <laughs> so just by the most random past that was like, okay, yeah, and then they ended up successful. So yeah. that's fun. I was reading a story about a graphic designer the other day who ended up after she graduated with a degree in graphic design, she was a screenwriter for a soap opera for a short while. before she got a job yeah and she was like kind of embarrassed about it but it's like you know what that's cool like that's amazing what like a fun little thing that you just like detoured and did before you ended up becoming like a very prominent graphic designer like that's actually kind of funny and I think the older I get the more I learn that it doesn't matter um as much like the twists and turns or setbacks or different things that happen in your life because like eventually you end up where you want to be if you work hard enough totally yeah yeah I agree I guess we could start out with childhood yeah I guess when did you first get into art then um well both of my parents have a degree in drafting and design um that's where they met in college was in their classes for that and I remember um even as like a little kid watching my mom draw house plans um, cause she would always draw them for fun and she taught me how to like mark out the doors and the windows in a house plan and everything like that. And, um, she was also just like insanely talented and creative. That's my mom for you. And my parents in general, they redid every single house we ever moved into. They like remodeled it and made everything look nice. And, um, mm-hmm. she was always like pushing us creatively as much as possible. So, everything creative you can think of we did in our house it was like watercolor she'd bring it out even when we were super young play-doh and she'd like teach us how to actually make stuff um how she learned in ceramics when she was in high school so like the snake method and then smoothing it out and like I can't remember a time that I didn't know color theory because my mom taught me from such a young age what the opposite colors were and everything yeah so I think I owe a lot of that to her and like how she taught us as children um, Mm -hmm. because there was such a focus on the arts in our home Um, and all of them like we all took piano lessons we all 
were avid readers because they would shove books at us as much as possible. <laughs> like there was just mm-hmm. such a focus on the arts and like expanding our minds that way and everything else. And so I think that's kind of where it all began for me was just all of that. And then especially I would say art history. My mom would talk about her favorite painters and paintings and show me pictures and and tell me about what they painted. And so when I was little and I went to the book fair, I got art history books instead of other mm. things. And I knew all of the names of the artists and their paintings and where they were and all sorts of weird things that children usually don't pay attention to. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think that's where it kind of started for me was just this, like, love of everything arts-related. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I feel like it – yeah, it wasn't – it's funny how – it's not the same. Kind of like we were talking about, like, everyone's path is so different because my family is not artistic – at all I mean my mom is very much now and when I was younger I remember she would do like kind of more crafty things here and there but I I am kind of the black sheep in my family where everyone else is super athletic and like hates reading like very just like that type of way of thinking you know Mm -hmm. and meanwhile like me as a kid like I was so attracted to music and I was so attracted to books and stories and I always thought I was going to grow up and be an author because I just loved stories and I loved reading stories. Um, but I also really love to sing. So like I have like a lot of like weird, like formative memories of me just like I have a terrible memory, but I have like <laughs> random, very vivid memories from my childhood that sticks with me. And one of them is like, you know, those like little CD players that mm-hmm. were like the portable one CD thing. I don't even remember what they're called. Like but a, like a I would, Walkman? Yeah, Walkman. Yeah, exactly. And I, it, mine was pink and had flowers and it was so cute. I loved it. I was obsessed with it. But like I had one of those and I would just take, I, I went on a camping trip with my grandparents and I took like seven CDs with me because I was like, what if I want to listen to the other music? And like, <laughs> and because like music wasn't a huge thing in my house. It was like the most random CDs of just like church music, Christmas music, a random country album, the Dixie <laughs> Chicks, Shania Twain, you know, That's because awesome. like my parents listened to music, but it wasn't like a th- their thing so much. So that was like my first introduction to music. And then I just really liked singing and I would sing really just mainly Disney princess songs. Mm-hmm. And so, and you know, my parents were just like, Hey, like you can actually match pitch here. Like this is something. And so then I started singing in, like for friends weddings or like my dad was like super involved with our church at the time and so he would like have me sing at meetings he would go to and Mm -hmm. like I loved it I loved being the performing monkey it was everything I wanted to be so that's awesome that's kind of what it started out it was like me just being the complete odd one out Mm -hmm. but just embracing it and I just yeah love stories and I loved music and I'd basically just do it however I could I think I've talked about before it was like mainly Disney and Disney Channel (laughs) hey that's okay was there a moment that you realized you were talented because I feel like that's such a key moment for a kid when you're like wait I'm good at this that is a good question I don't know because like truthfully I feel like I (laughs) I feel like I have more formative memories of me being like maybe I'm not as good as this at this as I think I am 
but I don't care because I want it anyways. Oh, that's awesome. You know, and this is like kind of a deeper, like just to get a little deep and personal for a second, like something that I am and have been pretty insecure about is truthfully, like being a musician isn't something that just comes supernaturally to me. Like I was able to match pitch as a young kid. Like obviously there was some groundwork there, you know, it's like I could naturally sing in some way. But I think so much of it actually was just the fact that I really dived into the voice lessons and I really, really just wanted to sing that way. And it was just something that was super important to me because at the time I was convinced I was a prodigy. Like I was convinced I deserved to be, I deserved to be the winner of American Idol. And when I go back and listen to the videos, I mean, obviously I'm like hearing it from like an objective now college educated singer, but it's also like, I wasn't that good. Like, I, but I thought <laughs> I was like amazing. Like I was like, mm-hmm. I am the best nine year old singer in America. Where is my record deal? I was fully convinced that that's where I belonged. And so I think so much of it, which is like, that's why I'm such like a big testament of like anyone can sing and anyone can like gain these skills. Because even though like for me, like I'm, I'm not a natural instrumentalist. I could get better and I should be getting, I should get better, but like, it just doesn't come naturally to me. Some people can just like hear harmonies and they can hear things. And I, I feel like I have to work super extra hard in order Mm -hmm. to like be a musician in some senses. And sometimes I've let that make me super horribly insecure, (laughs) but, and I have, and I've, I've been working through that, but at the end of the day, but I think there's like a benefit of being like, no, because I just, I really wanted this as a kid and I was convinced I was freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. So I just kept doing it. And then now in retrospect, I'm like, oh, maybe I wasn't as good as I thought I was, but well, I was confident. (laughs) So go Sadie. (laughs) That's really all that matters. (laughs) Yeah. I was so confident. Like I said, I was like, I mean, I tried out for America's Got Talent as a 12-year-old, fully convinced I would win. And I'm like, man, I wish I could have maintained, I could maintain that confidence I had as like a 12-year-old girl because oh, man. I, I, I was unstoppable. We all wish we could maintain the confidence when we had as a child. I was talking about yeah. that with someone the other day. It's like, when I was young, I thought I was the coolest person alive. Like, I, yeah, I did. <laughs> like, you could not stop me. Like, I just thought I was so cool. And yeah. the older you get, the more it just diminishes. It's like, man, I wish we could all feel that way again. Yeah. Well, just I like also like that way. Even like with like the books I read or the music I listened to, I think there was some part, probably when we were teenagers, when I was suddenly so conscious of like, what if people think this book I'm reading is weird? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, who cares? But I was so convinced that that would be like social hierarchy suicide that I was like, yeah not going to read these books, not going to listen to this music, no, or I'm going to hide it. I remember that. I remember the first time I stopped bringing books to school because I was worried I would get judged for the ones I was reading. Yeah. When I used to, like, bring them all the time. Like, I read through class sometimes. Like, <laughs> I loved <laughs> yeah. reading so much, and it, like, died down the older I got just because I didn't feel like I could be as open about what I was reading. Even though it wasn't anything bad, I was just so self-conscious. Like, I really wasn't reading anything weird. Yeah. I remember a weird, you know, do you know the series Peter and the Starcatchers? Mm-hmm. So for some reason, I remember seeing that book at a book fair and being like, I really want to read that book because I loved Peter Pan. And I was like, 
what if people think that's lame that I really think Peter Pan is cool <laughs> and I did not buy it. And then that series ended up becoming super popular, but I'm like, I have this weird memory of like being super insecure about reading that because, because I was so insecure that I thought Peter Pan was cool, but oh, Peter man. Pan is cool. Yeah. I think <laughs> it's a good story. I wish we could all be more confident. Like we were when we were little, <laughs> I know. I feel like that's what I'm always aspiring to be is like a little six year old Stani again. <laughs> I know like I was so happy and nice (laughs) I know oh man yeah I think things kind of really took off for me in junior high yeah um my parents put me in an arts integrated school in fourth grade and then I stayed for their junior high um Mm -hmm. portion as well and basically what they did is the course curriculum was the same obviously they have to continue to do all of the normal things But there was just, like, a huge emphasis on visual learning and, like, integrated arts learning. So in math class, our final project, instead of a test, was to build a scale model of something. Um, So we had to do the math, but then you got to build out, like, an actual thing. Um, In science, we had to, like, make a board game based on, like, a science Uh thing. And I remember realizing I wasn't the best at drawing or painting and there's people who are definitely more talented than that than me but I Mm -hmm. loved the project like I loved thinking through the process and creating the thing and I like was so intentive about everything that I did and I loved it so much just like the artistic process of like problem solving Mm -hmm. I loved it and that's when um, when we had our little, like, class where they teach you career planning. Like a job fair or, like, yeah. career path type thing. Kind of like yeah. that. I was like, I don't even know exactly what it was called. I remember I asked my mom what I should do. And she was like, you should really look at graphic design. Because she had a friend who had been going into that. And mm-hmm. when I researched it and looked up what it was, it was, like, solidified for me in that moment that that's what I was going to do. So I was like 15 years old and I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I can combine the arts with like cool projects that are problem solving, but I don't have to draw Mm -hmm. and paint as much as I would have to. And it's like a new career field with technology and they make pretty good money. So like as a little kid, I was like, this is awesome. Like I'm so set. All of your boxes. (laughs) Yeah. So that was kind of the moment. And I feel like it was pretty easy for me because I got lucky and it was seen as like a practical thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so it's not yeah. like anyone's like, oh, you really shouldn't pursue your career in graphic design because like that's actually a great move as an artist. Yeah. And it's just like, what a great coincidence that you also naturally love it and like naturally are drawn to it anyways. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I feel really lucky in that aspect is that I'm one of those art careers that is looked at as one of the practical ones. Um Yeah. And that comes with its own challenges that I can get into later <laughs> with college. I'm sure. yeah. But um, at least like when people asked what I wanted to be when I grew up, I never got the, oh, well, that's unrealistic or, well, you know, there's not a lot of money in that. Like my dreams never had to be crushed as a kid, um, as yeah. I'm sure so many others out there probably did with like saying they wanted to be a professional NBA player and then they're. Mm-hmm. Um, then their parents are like well your dad's five two so <laughs> so like I don't know if that's the we're like you should put all your eggs in that basket yeah 
So I didn't have that problem. And I also got very lucky. And I had two parents that had design degrees. And even though it was in Mm -hmm. something different, um, there was never for a second that I thought that what I was doing was impractical or impossible in any way. (laughs) So that's awesome. (laughs) I was just going to ask you if there was a moment where you were like, I'm doing music. I'm trying to like remember. I think there was like a very key moment in my life, though, where I did decide it because I've I've always been this like very overachiever type, you know, mm-hmm. where there's a certain point in my life where I was doing dance and I was doing tumbling. And for a while, like my biggest goal in life was to be like cheer captain. Like I, I wanted to tumble. I wanted to dance and I loved it. But then there was also the part of me that really loved to sing. And I was in guitar lessons and piano lessons. So my mom finally was like, you are like, what are you doing? Like you're 11 (laughs) years old and you're involved in six activities. Like we cannot maintain this. So you need to pick, like, are you going to do? Cause I think there was like a play I wanted to, Mm. like my church was doing a like community play a musical it was I think it was Annie get your gun oh that yeah and um and I really wanted audition and my mom was kind of like okay like you can but like you can't do both like you can't do competition dance and this so that was like a very key moment in my life where I could have chosen to be a dancer or I could have chosen to do music and so that's when I was like no I want to sing I I like singing more than I like dancing and especially because like when I was dancing the dance coaches would always get mad at me. They're like, you're mouthing the words again, Sadie. Like you're singing, like you need to stop. And I wasn't even aware of it. So like I was doing dance because I loved music. And so then it was like, okay, I'm going to do music. And I think that happened when I was like 12, 13. And so then that's kind of when it solidified. And that's, I think when I like started writing songs Mm -hmm. more seriously, well, quote unquote, as seriously as you can start writing songs to the 12 year old, of course. But you know, that's when I really was like this, I, I want I'm going to be a professional singer mm-hmm. like I want to do songwriting yeah so I think that I was like that. the most pivotal moment I can remember yeah I will say one thing I really love um about the arts is that I feel like a lot of the times the people who end up in it are those who like dreamed of it their whole lives if that makes sense yeah like no, yeah. we were like 12 13 when we were like yeah this is what we're doing and that's mm-hmm. such a rarity and I don't think that has to be the case for everyone like not oh, at of all not. but how cool is it that we get to live out like our childhood dreams like that's yeah. pretty cool <laughs> and like try and pursue that yeah but like for real mm-hmm. like if little 13 year old Stani were to look at my life now like I'm career-wise exactly where she would assume I would be and that's pretty yeah. cool <laughs> I mean, like, 12-year-old Sadie was convinced, but by the time I was 15, I'd be touring the world with a record deal. So, like, wow, pick it up. Sadie would be a little bit humbled, <laughs> but I'm, but in retrospect, I'm very happy with where I'm at in my life and what yeah. I'm working towards. So, all is well. <laughs> hey, and you can keep dreaming as big as 12-year-old Sadie. There's nothing I wrong know, with honestly, that. I know. Honestly, I would I would very much benefit in my life if I did dream as I did yeah. as 12-year-old Sadie. So. Oh, I think we all would. Yeah. So I guess like the next question I have is like, what preparations did you take in like junior high or high school knowing that you were going to go into music? Oh, that is a good question. Because I think there was actually kind of a because I because, you know, there's like a, it's it's tricky because we both went to college for music and not everyone who does the arts 
goes to college for it. And it's not, it's not a requirement. Kind of like we talked about, like, it's not like you have to get a degree to get accepted to med school. Like you can just do it. And so there was kind of that like moment where like my sophomore year of high school, I was convinced I was going to be a Broadway star and be on musical theater. Like I remember there was a moment in Mr. Yuminsky's like advanced theater class that I was in sophomore year where he asked like, okay, how many of you actually have goals to like go on and be on Broadway? And I so confidently raised my hand and then was so instantly embarrassed by how confident I was when I raised my hand. Cause I just assumed everyone in that room wanted to be on Broadway (laughs) and like only like two other kids in the class raised their hand. And then I was like, Oh, never mind." (laughs) So that was awkward. Um, but high school was really great for me because I loved being a part of the theater department in high school, but I also realized that I hate acting so much Mm -hmm. and I get so insecure when I do it. And I just don't feel comfortable not like being Sadie on stage. And then I realized, okay, so I really am just doing theater because I like to sing. Like I don't like doing plays. I just like to sing. So by the time I was like a senior in high school, I was like, okay, I know I like to sing. But I was deciding if I wanted to go to school in social work um, or if I wanted to go to school, like actually get a degree in music. So I, wa- I was thinking about going on and becoming like a therapist or like some type of, you know, social work thing. Mm-hmm. And so there was that moment where I just like wasn't really sure what I was going to do. But my senior year, I took AP music theory in high school because I was like, OK, if I decide to go into music, I should probably know something about music theory. <laughs> yeah. Which was a good choice. And then, which even now, I'm like wondering now that I've graduated college, if I could go back and pass that AP music theory <laughs> test, because I remember that being one of the most difficult things I've ever done. I so. remember you doing the homework from that. And it was like, <laughs> okay, like, why are you doing this? <laughs> that class was like unreasonably hard. It was unreasonably hard and the test was unreasonably hard, but I passed. So that was good. That gave me a thing of confidence. But yeah, so I did choir my senior year and I did AP music theory my senior year when I hadn't done choir, really anything music in high school because I thought I was going to, you know, be a Broadway star Mm -hmm. casually. Thought I would go to school for theater. But then, yeah, I think there was just kind of a moment where UVU has a really great commercial music program which is like modern because I taking voice lessons from a teacher at the time that was very focused on classical music and that's what I was doing and I think my voice is probably more like a better fit for classical if I'm being honest with myself but I just didn't like it I didn't want to do it um Mm -hmm. so when I found this program at UVU I was like sweet this is like commercial music this is modern music and songwriting like because that's what I really wanted to do is I wanted to write songs and Mm -hmm. so then I just kind of figured like you know what I feel like I'll regret it if I don't get this degree in music like I'm gonna regret this later in my life and I remember there was like a moment where I went to UVU and I was like I'm meant to go here and I think I'm meant to be in this music program so I just did it I remember the phone call after you went and that was the best thing ever (laughs) Because you were going to UVU. I was, yeah. You were planning on going to Snow College for quite a long time because they have a very classically good um, music program Yeah, they have a good program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were planning on that for the longest time. And I remember many times I was like, well, you could check out UVU if you wanted. Yeah, I remember. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then um, you called me when I was actually with some friends who went to Snow College, oh, and they were excited oh, for you to be the, going there. You were with the girls that I was planning on rooming with in at yep. that college. And then you oh. called me, and I remember I was so excited, and they were not as excited as me. <laughs> That's all right. I'm pretty sure those girls ended up only being there for a semester anyway. So I'm yeah. glad I didn't plan on that too much. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, that was awesome. That was a good moment, um, especially because I just I don't know when you said that I was like, yeah, like Sadie's going to fit in better in Orem, Utah instead of Ephraim. Like it just made yeah. sense. For context, for people who are not familiar with Utah colleges, um, Snow College is <laughs> in the middle of Utah. And like when you're driving through Utah, it's kind of weird where there's like civilization and then hours and hours and hours of driving Um, until you reach more civilization. (laughs) And Snow College is in that middle of like nothing. Uh Uh-huh. There's like that random town with like a Walmart probably. Yeah. There's a bunch of small towns surrounding it that are kind of more, um, honestly, it's like country land. Yeah. Um, so there's smaller towns, small shops, and like a lot of farming still happening out there. Yeah. Um, a lot of turkey farming. That's kind of what's all out there. And meanwhile, Orem is next to like the third largest city in Utah, which is Provo. So mm-hmm. it's about as close to the city you can get as Utah without being in Salt Lake City. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's not the small town feel that Snow College Ephraim, Utah mm-hmm. absolutely would yeah. have been. And it's a total college town because you've got BYU oh, yeah. and UVU um, literally five minutes of away fun. from each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that phone call. But yeah, I remember I called you because I, I always make my major life decisions on a random gut feeling that no Mm -hmm. one saw coming and so I just went down to Provo one day and I was like yeah I'm supposed to live here and so I was like hey mom I'm I'm gonna come to UVU and then she's like did you even apply and crazy story in retrospect I remember the very last day you could submit your college applications for the following fall that night I was like I have a feeling I should apply to UVU (laughs) and I did it and then boom there you ended go. up going there and being accepted <laughs> to their music program. So. That's the best. That's but you, I feel like you always knew you were going to go to I UVU with graphic did. design. So kind of a funny story as well. I Googled what is the best graphic design program in Utah and UVU pulled up. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> so I was like, cool. Okay, that's where I'm going. <laughs> um, but it also did help. Both my parents went there when it was a community college. Um, so I knew a little bit about their background was very like tech school based. It kind of started out Mm -hmm. like, a um, what we would know the DATC was pretty much what it used to be. Like a trade type school. Yeah. So where you'd go for like trade work and stuff like that. And so their focus is still very much so like hands-on learning, which was a huge appeal to me, especially with like knowing how my brain works. (laughs) I knew that Mm -hmm. if I was going to go into something that I didn't want to just read about it in a book. I wanted to obviously like do it. Do it. Yeah. (laughs) Especially when you're doing the art. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't have anything against any of the other programs in Utah. I've heard great things about them. Um, But yeah, I'm very happy with the choice I made and um, very happy with UVU in general. So same. Yeah. I guess because it's like we've kind of talked about like doing episodes about talking about why we went to college or things like that and Mm -hmm. 
I mean, obviously, like we are, we do want to be very aware. Like we do want to be, we want to make it clear, like that. Obviously, everyone has different life paths, and like it's you're still a, an artist if you didn't go to college for mm-hmm. artistry. But Stani, what do you feel like you gained from going to college? Like, what do you feel like? Why do you feel like that was the best choice for you that you could have made? I think so. Backtracking a little to high school, I took a oh yeah digital media class where we learned like adobe illustrator and photoshop um so i knew those programs at 16 years old which (laughs) for context that is not normal (laughs) okay i i would have been like oh yeah as one as a 16 year old does so yeah no that is not normal i was like one of the only girls in the class um and i remember that because it was a little awkward um, <laughs> but, uh, I got a special thing in order to be able to be in there as a sophomore because they were only letting juniors and seniors take it. And so I had like a special process I had to go through in order to do that. And the mm-hmm. teacher was really, really great. Um, his name was Trent Jensen. He's super awesome. And he just like, he like, <laughs> he like fostered my push for what I wanted as a career like so Mm -hmm. good like every single opportunity he could think of he sent it my way so he was like here's a competition go do it here's this thing you should apply for go apply and so it was anything with like women in tech women in design women in the arts he like threw it my direction um, That's amazing. He sent me to like a Skills USA state competition without me even being a part of the club technically and I won first place in state and I was like, cool. <laughs> and then like, he, that's great. Yeah. And then he sent me to like a certification thing and I got certified in Illustrator. And so it was like I knew Illustrator well enough to get certified in it at 17 years mm-hmm. old. Like it was insane um, how much and how helpful he was. And so I'm like forever indebted because that was great and like a different experience than a lot of people have. Um, yeah. But that kind of put me in a unique position. Um, I got my first job as a graphic designer at age 17. Um, I was oh, working wow. at a sign company and I was one of their graphic designers, one of two. So I was oh, yeah, doing, I remember. Mm-hmm. yeah, I was doing professional jobs as a graphic designer at 17 years old. And all of our communication was mainly through the computer. So I was corresponding with clients who had no idea how young I was. I won't say that my work was fantastic because it definitely was not. And looking back on it, I'm like, oof. (laughs) (laughs) But I knew the program really well. And um, that was a valuable experience in of itself. Um, But looking back on it now, I didn't have to go to school. Um, Yeah. I I mean, you could have like stayed at that job probably for a while and then eventually just got a better one or whatever. Yeah, because I would have been able to get enough experience there that I could move on to the next place. And I knew the programs well enough. It wasn't an issue. So the reason I chose school wasn't like as skill-based, if that makes sense. I didn't need to know the tools or trade for the job, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I knew how to do it. I just, I wanted to expound my knowledge of the actual graphic design world. And that was kind of the major pull for me. Is that I knew that going immediately into work, I wasn't going to be able to learn about the history of it all, um, take the other classes that will tie into it. Um, You have to take Mm -hmm. a lot of like traditional art courses. 
And I was yeah. actually really excited about that to see how it could like collaborate with yeah everything. And I just wanted to be better at it. I think I've always had a push with graphic design to just get even better. <laughs> yeah. And even now with like graduating, I'm like, ooh, I'm just excited to get a job so I can get better. Like I just want to mm-hmm. improve constantly because I just want to be like the absolute best at it I possibly can be. Like, yeah. honestly, I have such a competition in it just with myself, even. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I mean, the best person to be in competition <laughs> yeah. with. Or I'm not even trying to, like, prove anything to anyone else. It's just, like, I've wanted to do this for so long, and I've obviously proven that there's some talent there and, like, some determination. So I just want to be the, absolutely the best I possibly can be. And yeah. And that was kind of why the poll for college was so important I didn't know any graphic designers I didn't know anyone that could be like a mentor or tutor me or be like this is what it's like in the big grand graphic design world and here's the steps you should take um Mm -hmm. I didn't know anyone like that I didn't know anyone who had gone to school for it like so it was kind of more of just I wanted to open up my mind and like my future to the possibility of like having more there than I already had and I'm so glad I did (laughs) No, I feel like that's exactly like I love that you talk about that. It's like just having that passion for learning because I feel like, you know, if like when you're an artist and like you're trying to expound your craft, like even if you don't choose to go the traditional university degree route, like I feel like you're, you're going to be successful if you're approaching it as like, OK, well, how can I always be learning more? Mm-hmm. Like, how can I be getting better? Because like the last thing we want to do is like as artists is like become stagnant. Yeah, you know? exactly. And like stop improving. Mm-hmm. And I, I think like like you said, university, it provides like such a a very clear way of getting a well-rounded as you know, as hopefully well-rounded. Agreed. I mean, obviously it depends on how good the program is, but you know what I mean? Like it can cover your bases so that you mm-hmm. can just kind of know everything that you might yeah. need to know. And I mean, it opened up possibilities for me that I hadn't even considered. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting a minor in art history. And even though I talked about that I loved art history books as a kid, I never would have considered even a partial degree in that, like ever. That mm-hmm. never would have crossed my mind. But because of the graphic design requirements for the program, I already had to take six art history courses. So adding on three more wasn't that big of a deal in order to get a minor. It was like the easiest thing. And now that pulls so much into like my work as a graphic designer and even this podcast. And I was going to say, and just this podcast. Mm -hmm. It's like shaped so much of where I see my career trajectory landing me um, because I was able to like foster different interests that I don't think I would have been as exposed to if I just would have been self-taught it like forces you to open your eyes to stuff that maybe you wouldn't have naturally been drawn to yep we're gonna take a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists okay so this um spotlight that I want to start with um it's kind of like more of like a community where it's um featured female um so this Instagram account is a um it's a community where it's apparently they host free monthly girls nights which sounds nice I'm not sure if they're virtual or in person I imagine probably a lot in virtual things meaning you know with the last year but also um with that one there's featured female market where um they they'll feature um locally owned 
um, women-led businesses. Um, so it's Utah-based, this. Um, looks like it's a pretty new thing. I'm just looking through and like December 2020 is like some of their first posts. So looks like it's a newer thing, but like it looks awesome. So yeah, if you want to go check out, looks like they do a really good job at just like featuring different women-owned businesses and like putting on different events, whether that's like virtual events or even like doing markets where um, there's a lot of different like women-led vendors. Um, yeah, check them out. They seem like they're doing, they're starting a really cool thing here. That's awesome. How cool. Oh yeah. And it looks like too, that they have like classes that they'll like do like this like recent one is like we have a fine lineup of classes and activities available so like the one that they're offering for march is like oh if you want to learn how to make your own spring greenery with oh cute um, then you can do it with like a certain women-owned floral company she'll teach you a class and like they're giving you like discounted tickets for it so i like that it's like it's like kind of doing like like things you can like do with people in your life while also supporting up-and-coming businesses which is cool okay but this floral arranging looks so fun can we talk about a skill that I've always wanted to learn (laughs) I honestly man sale for this month's class Ooh, now I'm like I know that's so fun wow and it's actually pretty reasonably priced so definitely check them out okay well I found this one through if anyone has heard of the platform Behance it basically is like a portfolio website kind of thing um but I follow their Instagram account and they're spotlighting a lot of people obviously women throughout this month especially and there is an artist named Lo Lee it's L-O-E-L-E-E and her username is by Lo Lee and she does um illustration letters and murals and um one of the things I really love that she does is she will like illustrate on top of photographs and like put creatures and people in like town scenes (laughs) so there will be like a girl and a monster like walking down the street or like a monster and a little cat like sitting at the end of a bridge and different stuff like that like very very creatively done and um just really fun so check her out i also love that she does a lot of process videos i always love it when digital illustrators put their drawing videos on instagram it's so fun Me to watch too and it's like cool to see what it started as and no i i agree i love it yep it's so much fun so definitely go check her out um she also has like the prettiest colors that she uses just love it so totally. yeah there's some fun people to follow and a reminder that you can send in people that you want us to spotlight or yourself or anyone else especially this month like let's get a bunch of them going um tell us your favorite female artists all right now back to the show what about you how was the whole process of deciding to go to school for music yeah I I honestly like I said I don't feel like I have a good enough memory to remember exactly why but I think it was just like that moment of like knowing like I'll regret it if I don't go to school for this Mm -hmm. you know like I was very aware of that um and I I'm really grateful that I did like I think especially like kind of mentioned earlier like I don't think a lot of music things come naturally to me and a lot of like technology things don't really come naturally to me either Mm -hmm. um and so like getting exposed to that 
in a way, especially like I'm a very task driven, like a student type person. I thrive in a school (laughs) culture, you know, like that is very much my personality. I love doing assignments to get my A's like (laughs) now as an adult, I'm having to like correct some of that so that I can like still accomplish things in my life. But <laughs> like school and me, I, I learn well in those settings. Mm-hmm. And and like, you know, because there's a lot of people like in in my degree, it's it's commercial music. But a lot of it is the first two years, no matter what your degree in is in music, whether you're vocal performance, violin performance, commercial music or music history, music education, whatever. The, the first two years of classes are all the same, no matter what degree in music you eventually get where Mm -hmm. we're all taking music theory we have to take group piano we have to take music history and while I definitely did my fair share of complaining about music theory like (laughs) I I can absolutely see the value in that in my education and and like because of I went to school for it like something that I got into was like jazz arranging Mm -hmm. and I really loved learning about like jazz theory and like I said I don't know if it like came so naturally to me but I, I loved it. And I took, I like retook some of those classes just because I really wanted to learn as much as I could about it. And I was able to do projects and like do horn, Mm -hmm. horn arrangements. And like, if I would have just been self-taught, I never, I don't think I ever would have realized that that was something that I thought was fun to do. Yeah. So like, that's kind of like, kind of like you mentioned, like it opened up a whole new world of possibilities in a way. Um, and my education did kind of take a step kind of to the side where for a portion of my time there I was double majoring in vocal performance and in commercial music which was not super common to do I was the only one doing it at the time and it was kind of like one of those things where like I just felt like I should do it didn't really know why didn't really make sense I like I said my my life is a series of decisions that don't make sense in the moment and then (laughs) later I'm like ah that's why I felt like I should do it but the reason why now I think I was supposed to do it is I feel like at that time in my life, I was really struggling with like insecurity and like I had debilitating performance anxiety that just kind of came out of nowhere that would totally stop me from performing. So then once I was doing opera and classical music, I hadn't like it gave me more performance opportunities singing in ways I didn't even feel comfortable singing at all. Mm-hmm. Like the first time I had a performance masterclass, like I distinctly remember like my whole body was shaking and like I I could hardly get a note out because I was so horrified to be singing that way in front of other people. So I think it was kind of like I had to like get thrown into some weird fire like yeah. that was totally separate than what I really wanted to do but it kind of like cleansed out all of my weird fears that I was having with music and totally brought back confidence and like also like reinstated like good practicing habits because mm. when I was singing opera and classical music I had no choice but to practice but when you're doing like pop singer songwriter stuff you can kind of scoop by and because like my mental health was in a really weird place And I was just so anxiety ridden about things. I just wasn't committing myself to it as much as I should have, you know? Yeah. Long story, but it ended up being a really good thing for me to kind of totally like envelop myself in this whole new medium of art and really kind of learn from what I needed to. But then my last year there, I just kind of realized it was a lot of work and that I wasn't ever going to be a classical singer professionally. So I decided to drop the major, but also because I took that extra year, I, t- I took on that extra major for a year 
that ended up adding a year to my education. So I took five years to graduate instead of four. But then that last year of school was the best year of school Mm -hmm. where I made the most of the connections. And like I was in that acapella group, which I'm now still a part of. And like, and I feel like I was meant to be a part of that group. And I now have a connection with a voice teacher who is actually helping me a ton with my contemporary voice, who I don't think I would have had that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, even though it's like random where like for a year of my life, I was so focused on classical. It ended up being one of the best decisions in like the weird domino effects of what happened afterwards. Mm -hmm. And that was such a long winded answer for why I went to university (laughs) with other side stories. No, but I liked it. Yeah. But (laughs) basically it provided me with so many different opportunities to learn and grow that I absolutely would not have gotten that opportunity had I decided to not. And for me, that is exactly what I needed. Yeah. I think also it like really cemented in me and I'm sure you as well that like this is Mm -hmm. what I was passionate about and this is what I liked and that no matter what happened or where I ended up, I would find a way to be successful in it no matter what. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then like, and I think too, like it was nice because like my, with my degree, we took a lot of like music careers classes where a lot of times people would just kind of like come to us and talk about their careers in music. And I think it was nice because I think especially growing up, like not really seeing anyone in my own life be in the music career mm-hmm. or like having, you know, career in music, like to see that like, okay, you don't have to be a famous singer on the stage of the Grammys to be a successful musician and to also like make a decent monetary living on it. You yeah. know, like there's so many different ways that you can do it and still be completely like successful and I don't know. It was like, it was nice to see kind of like we talked about at the beginning. It was like, it was just seeing other people's life paths and stories and just like getting that outside validation of like, okay, cool. So like, it's cool that my path isn't going the way I thought mine would because nobody's path goes the way (laughs) that they think they will. And no one's does at all. I will say I talked a little bit earlier about how like having a practical degree comes with some issues. Oh Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to touch on that a little bit. Um, one thing I noticed like very early on is that there was a lot of people in my program who didn't want to be in my program. Um, oh. <laughs> they were all on the track to be a graphic designer, but they weren't actually interested in like the core of graphic design. It was more so that that was a, something that they could claim that they were going into that wouldn't get as much pushback as saying they wanted to be like a painter or a ceramic artist or an illustrator. Mm. And so there is like some issues with that obviously where like I feel like the weeding out process for my degree is a little bit harsher um because they only want people who really can do it if that makes sense yeah um Uh and I always made me feel bad for a lot of the kids in those early classes because they were having such a hard time with it because they didn't want to do what they were doing if that makes sense yeah and like they were just like oh I'm an artist and here's the practical art degree yes so that's where I'll end up and I will say that like most of them didn't end up in the BFA program Um, most Mm -hmm. of them most of them ended up with a general degree which is nothing there's nothing wrong with that it's just the arts and visual communications um, BA so a bachelor Mm -hmm. of arts in that um, where ours is the specialized BFA graphic design specifically and yeah. if anything, I feel like that was a better fit for them because now they can kind of end up Where they wherever they want to be and end up maybe doing illustrator um, illustration work or something else. 
but also we had to do a lecture series. I don't know if you had anything like that where you had to go and listen to professionals talk about their pathway throughout the arts. Yeah, uh-huh. We yeah, we had some variation of something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we had to do two semesters of that. And I cannot even tell you how many times one of the artists who was in a completely different path got up there and talked about how they started out as a graphic design major and then switched to something else because they realized they didn't actually want to do graphic design. <laughs> like that they were actually wanting to be like a painter or mm-hmm. something. But Yeah, but they were worried about the practicality. And one guy even said, I chose graphic design because it was something I could say that my father-in-law wasn't going to be as mad about. Yeah. <laughs> and most of them are not doing graphic design now at all. So yeah, <laughs> so that was always funny. <laughs> Did you ever feel like, I don't know, like you had to like kind of prove yourself then of being like, oh no, I'm actually passionate about graphic design. Like I want to know all about graphic design. Like I swear I'm not just doing this as like a secondary thing. Yes, it definitely put a lot more pressure on that. And I know for a lot of other people, it put pressure on them in a different way. Where they were like, well, I thought I wanted to do graphic design, but like all these people are talking about how they didn't like doing graphic design. Like, am I not going to like it? (laughs) Or like, am I just like, you know, am I like hiding my real dream or something like that? Makes you like probably Mm -hmm. think about that. Exactly. And so for, I think a lot of people with graphic design kind of being the catch all for arts degrees of like the practical one, like the money making one. Um, it makes it kind of hard for those students that um, start out in that career field Mm. that they're not quite sure if that's actually where they want to be or if they do they might end up second guessing themselves based on what other people say or you feel like you have to prove yourself that like no I promise I actually want to do this like stop trying to talk me out of it (laughs) so like I'm actually way passionate about graphic design (laughs) I've known I wanted to do this since I was in middle school I swear (laughs) Uh uh-huh but yeah so I guess like this is just a nice little PSA announcement to anyone who's listening out there like if you love um just like sitting down at a blank canvas and coming up with something on your own you're probably gonna hate graphic design um yeah graphic design is all about constraints and like rules in a lot of ways and then being creative despite them um Mm -hmm. so when I talked about like creative problem solving that's literally what it is because you're given this long list of stuff that you can't do And then you have to figure out how to make the long list of things that you can do work, despite the fact that you can't do a ton of the other things that would have made the things you're supposed to do easier, (laughs) if that makes sense. Uh So it's not as much like about being talented at art as it is just being really passionate about solving problems in a creative way. Yeah. Um, And then obviously, like any art skill you've got is very helpful. But I would say you don't have to be able to draw in order to be a graphic designer. It helps, but you don't have to. And, like, caring more about, like, fonts and everything is probably more important than caring about um, what paint medium is best or something like that. So, (laughs) yeah. So if that sounds like you, this might be the (laughs) career field for you. Yeah. But I know. It's like you get to be creative, but also. Yes but maybe it's a little bit easier in some ways and a little bit harder in others. But yeah, I saw so many people drop out um, and switch to something else. uh, I mean, I think it's a very common thing for music too, Mm -hmm. to drop out of your music degree and then go get a marketing degree, which 
I mean, truthfully, might be the smart thing to do. Like, you know, take a couple years in the music <laughs> degree, learn what you need to, then go learn how to market yourself as a musician. Like, truth be told, maybe they took the smarter route than I did, but that, you know, at least <laughs> there was kind of that commonality there. Yeah, no, definitely. I'd say art school's not easy at all. And I would never be like, oh, go to art school. You're going to love it. It's so much fun. <laughs> I mean, in some ways, it absolutely is. Yeah, and like it is. And I think it's like sometimes it's the funnest thing of my like whole experience of college. It's just like, oh, I just get to do what I love all the time. But uh-huh. I remember I had a, a roommate um, early in college who was like fed up with her biology homework because she was pre-med. And walked out of her room and was like, oh, I just wish I was doing something easy like art. And I'm sitting there with this like painting I had been working on for days. Like I had probably spent like 20 hours on this stupid piece of crap that I had to turn in for like one of my core classes at the beginning. Because we had to do so much visual art. And I remember just like pausing for a minute and being like, like this is easy. <laughs> Like, excuse me, ma'am. It's like, I would totally rather write an essay right now than, like, this stupid artwork that I've been working on forever and I now hate and I have to turn in tomorrow. (laughs) Like, so, yeah, I will say it's more time consuming than any other class I ever took in college where all my art ones. And they're, like, three hours long and only three credit hours. And then you're expected to do, like, a million more hours outside of class. (laughs) It's definitely not easy, but... I would say more than anything else I did for my career, I think it was the most worthwhile thing I did. Honestly, though, like, what is it about people being like, oh, the easy art degrees? Like, I had to, like, the amount of times I would just, like, explain my homework to people and they were like, I don't even know what you, like, what you're saying. And I'm like, thank you. Exactly. Like, (laughs) you don't even know how you would approach it. But then they'd be like, oh, what do you even do? Do you just sing? I'm like, okay, yes, there there is a lot of singing, but actually there's just one class a week where we do performance class. Yeah. Other than that, like I'm having to do projects where I'm learning solfege and like like having to sight read really bizarre looking melodies <laughs> to the best I can. Like it <laughs> like sir, it is not an easy no like (laughs) no definitely not it's it's not like obviously it's not rocket science I'm not like plotting how to solve world hunger but like excuse me it is not easy (laughs) (laughs) yeah no I had the weirdest assignments I'd be like baking a bell pepper out of poster board and then (laughs) the next assignment was like making an iguana out of wire and then I was like carving a rock And then the next week, I'm, like, doing a photography project. Like, I had the weirdest stuff going on. And it was, like, uh, this is not a breeze. Like, (laughs) I'm spending so much money, like, oh, Uh so much money on equipment. And I'm sure you can agree with that. Like, oh, yeah. Through my process of college, I ended up, at one point in my backpack, I had an iPad Pro, a MacBook, um, a DSLR camera, and, like, a whole folder of, like, drawing equipment with pens that cost, like, $18 each. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, this huge thing with these, like, sketchbooks under my arm that were more money than anything should be. And I'm walking around with, like, literally thousands of dollars that I'm carrying. <laughs> and I was just like, this is stupid. <laughs> like, 
like this is not well that's what I sometimes like like to just like sit and like ponder like the random skills I have from school like so for example like because of my time doing vocal performance we had to take diction classes where basically we would just learn how to pronounce German and French we didn't mm-hmm. learn the whole language so like I'm pretty good at just sight reading German like I will probably say the words I mean I'm out of practice now but like I would I do all right same mm-hmm. with French I can look at French and kind of know how the word was supposed to sound I know hand signals for like do re mi fa so la ti do like <laughs> I could do all of those and I could say I can like read sing hymns at church and be like ah we're going to the four chord and the five chord and oh, there's the one chord. Ooh, a, a, like a <laughs> five, a five, like, and cause hymns are very generally simple. So I can just kind of analyze as I go. Like mm-hmm. that's never going to help me, but I can do it. Yeah. So it's just like these weird random skills that I've just kind of picked up where I'm like, yeah, I can, I can do that kind of stuff very well, oddly. So it's fine. <laughs> No, it's definitely very valuable. And I don't want this to come across as like, oh, you must go to college. Because obviously I don't think everyone needs to. Um, But I know that like for me, especially it's helped a lot with imposter syndrome. I actually told Sadie this. I don't think I've ever felt like an imposter in my career field. Um, Yeah. And I think I owe that in large part to college. Because when you constantly are having to put your stuff up and get critiqued and then graded over and over and over again, it kind of is like really affirming in a way where it's like, okay, like I passed that class. I passed this. Like I'm good at that. Okay, I did that. Like my teacher said this and he said that I'm good at this and this is a strength. And so at the end of it all, it's like, no, like I'm where I'm supposed to be. (laughs) Like, yes, I can definitely do the graphic design job, whatever one it is. And I don't think I'm ever going to feel as much as a, an imposter in that because mm-hmm. I've like had to prove to myself and other people over and over and over again that I'm where I'm supposed to be and that like I fit in with what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. If you can leave anything with that, like it doesn't matter like how much money you spend, like that's invaluable, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to feel that way. Yeah. Especially with... I think imposter syndrome was something that many women feel all the time and to be able to look at my life and be like oh my gosh like I escaped that like I'm not gonna have to have like crippling self-doubt for the next little bit like that's pretty valuable no I feel like I'm a little bit envious of you in that because (laughs) I feel like I uh, um I'm not gonna like say anything like it was a great program that I was involved in but I feel like it maybe could have been it was a new program, and so I feel like it could have been structured a little bit better to help with that, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more than I got, you know? No, that makes sense. Not to point, like, fingers. Like, obviously, I had to do some personal mental work to get to where I was feeling valid in my pursuits. But, no, I mean, like I said, though, I think you're right, though, that there definitely is some now there is definitely some like I know what I'm talking about because I've spent the last five years of my life pretty fully invested in it so at the very least like I got some credibility that like if I'm like I know without a doubt that I can tell someone exactly what they need to do to write a good song yeah you know? mm-hmm. like even if I haven't had my big break or my you know I'm not where I want in my personal songwriting career 
I I mean that's not because I don't know how to write a song mm-hmm. you know like that's probably because of like network there's well there's so yeah many things, there's but you so know much I mean? but more yeah but it's not because I don't know how to write a song because mm-hmm. I I do know how to write a song I know how to get in a group and write a good song I know how to do a good co-write like I've had that practice where I I, I feel like I'd feel very confident walking into any writer's room knowing that I I could bring something to the table. And that's a very valuable thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that that's very valuable. And definitely something like a benefit, a privilege that school really provides. Totally. For sure. And I think it, like, gives you that space to try new things and to fail at things and then just naturally learn things Mm -hmm. in in a very structured educational way where it's not like real life where if you fail you lose the job it's if you fail or if you do something wrong you have your professor there to correct you Mm -hmm. which is so nice (laughs) yeah which isn't as like horrifying because you're not losing a job or like losing a client Mm -hmm. and having to learn that hard way yeah like that was that's a really good point and a very nice thing is that it's like as long as you try they're not gonna like fail you or like kick you out of the class all the time not immediately. <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're gonna like they'll talk you through it and they'll help you and so you don't immediately get like fired you just get yeah. helped and hopefully not failed but you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, like hopefully you have a professor who's not the worst so. <laughs> yeah. and i did have a few of those too which true we might have to do a whole episode on sexism I feel in like college because we should i feel like we've been like talking about all the good things in our life we need mm-hmm. to have, like, one in the future of being like, okay, here's all the times <laughs> that people times. really belittled yeah. me or made me feel crappy. Because <laughs> it definitely happens. And I can guarantee if you go to a college for the arts, you will cry. <laughs> so <much. laughs> Probably more than once that semester. <laughs> oh, man. Finals week as an art student where every single class has, like, hours of, mm-hmm. like, projects. Yeah. And it's not tests that you do. No. It's just- projects that you've been working on that you should have been working on for weeks but you maybe couldn't have started as earlier as you wanted because you had all the other assignments that you needed to be doing then all of a sudden you have a big string arrangement and the orchestra is playing it tomorrow and you're like crap I gotta format the music in the software I hate my life right now gosh no I remember that like it I ugh, there are so many times I wished I could have just taken a test for my final and then been done <laughs> for real you know what though I have to I just thought of this like one amazing benefit of school is where in my life would have I had the opportunity to do an orchestra arrangement of I did something bad by Taylor Swift oh that's so awesome you're an orchestra play it <laughs> and like and I did that for my final we got to choose any song we wanted and he's like all right but you need to arrange it for an orchestra so I found like a piano score like just a piano version of I did something bad I looked at it I'm like all right the violins are playing this part the the this is playing this part and then I got to hear I did something bad played by the UVU orchestra in all of its glory and I'm not gonna lie that's like top 10 good Man, moments in my life that's awesome <laughs> yeah I will say I had cooler projects coming out of school than I think I ever would have come up with on my own so totally there's something to be Mm -hmm. said for that too I'll have to post our little collaboration we did um for one of my final projects um yeah yeah which is so in line with everything I believe in now looking back I I made a video about the victims of Ted Bundy and like how they deserved the credit and recognition instead of him and how he's like 
often looked at as a celebrity and like how wrong that is and sadie wrote a song for it she wrote and produced a song and it's cool. That was like that. That was a big deal because that was like I almost didn't tell you I could do it because I had never really like produced a song myself that like was gonna go out. Like I'd done it for projects, mm-hmm. but like I was still a new baby. Produ- I'm still a new baby producer. So back then I was like a fetus producer. Like I was working on it still, but I did it. It was great. I yeah. lo- and I think I'm gonna like revamp that song now and like actually release it because i i actually I still like that song i get it stuck in my head sometimes still like it's a very well, catchy song <laughs> a catchy song about the victims yeah. of serial killers it's fine no it's really good and yeah i'm really proud of that video still that's probably one of my favorite things i've done and i no, think I, partially I because it was all about empowering the women in the story that are so overlooked. What do you know? Totally. Here we are again. <laughs> and here we are here. <laughs> well, and that's what another thing, kind of like how you talked about how art history, like you never would have thought you'd get a minor in it. It was the same thing for me where like I didn't think I'd ever take time to focus on classical music. But because I did, I was introduced to Clara Schumann, which then totally opened up this world to me of these forgotten women artists, mm-hmm. which... Now here we are. So just like here we are, guys, everything is going to work out in your life. Even if you don't think the paths you're going on work, or even if you feel like you took a misstep and took a weird path that maybe didn't turn out like just, just wait, like yeah, just you will see how it. every step will mm-hmm. like, I'm fully confident that even if it feels like a misstep, you will find a way for that misstep to become something that is, a, is like a, benefit in the future exactly yeah like everything can work out in the end for like your benefit and I Mm -hmm. think a lot of it just comes down to like determination and just like keep going and also like if you love the arts if that's really what you want to do with your life like no matter what anyone else says like do it (laughs) yeah go into it like we talk all the time about these women who built their lives on arts and um it's not impractical. It's not crazy. No. Like, people make money from it every day. So, yeah. Yeah. Every, if like, you want to do it, then do it. Like, go for and it. He, and here's the thing, too, is, like, you're already a creative person. Now, just apply that to creative ways of, like, if you have to, make money doing it, you know? Yeah. Or, I guess if you're just doing it for fun, then, like, good on you. And just, like, yeah, and that's way to fine have that too. creative outlet. And, yeah. And, like, be proud of that, mm-hmm. you know? Don't let anyone diminish your passion for the arts. No, it, there's no like such thing as a starving artist anymore. Come on, guys. This oh, is the yeah. 21st Let's century. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're all fine. <laughs> we are fed. Ugh. We are happy. We are passionate. And we are working through it. <laughs> yep. So you can find a way to make it work no matter what. You're not going to totally. starve and go hungry and die alone in a little studio apartment. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. As long as you just, try. Like, I guess just, if you just don't take try. Care of yourself <laughs> and be tactful. You know, mm-hmm. like, obviously right now I'm still working in a call center, mm-hmm. doing music on the side. Like, you just, you just got to do what you got to do. But like you, like you said, like, you know, the more you work hard, I don't know. I guess, I, I don't know, maybe like call me in five years. We'll see where, where I'm at and then I, I can be more qualified to give advice. But so far, I'm happy with where I'm at in my life. So can't complain. Yeah. No, I agree. I don't regret anything I've done so far. So hopefully we can yeah. keep moving yeah. forward with that. <laughs> yeah. Like the only regrets is like, man, I wish I wasn't so insanely insecure so many times in my life but like hey we're working on it we're we're moving forward we need to channel those younger selves 
I know. I feel like that that should be a mantra. Be like, we're channeling six-year-old Stani today. That confidence and that just like, I'm going to read whatever I want. I'm going to listen to whatever I want. Fearless. Little six-year-old Stani. Six-year-old Sadie was kind of annoying too, but like fearlessly. So like maybe I also need to channel that. (laughs) Yeah. Think about that, guys. Think about who you were when you were six. There's something to it. I really think so. I think six is one of the happiest ages. Well, cool. Hopefully this wasn't too weird of an episode for anyone, but... I know, it was a little (laughs) bit different than what we normally do, but it was nice. It was Mm -hmm. nice to chat. Yeah, and we thought it would be a nice way for all of you to get to know us a little bit better, even more so, and like why we made the choices Mm -hmm. we made and did the things we did. Because we spend a ton of time talking about other people who definitely deserve recognition and credit, like way more than us. But maybe, like, it it will be nice to get to know us a little bit better. (laughs) Yeah. And I imagine, I feel like the people listening, we're probably all in similar stages of our lives. Mm -hmm. But we're trying to figure out the whole artist thing. If if there's established artists out there, definitely call me. Give me some pointers and we can (laughs) chat. But... (laughs) But yeah, if you're still figuring it out, it's okay. We're all in the same boat. (laughs) We're all doing it. (laughs) But yeah, I just think there's so much value in like hearing other people's experiences, even if they're not finished, like we said at the beginning. So exactly. Like obviously we are 24, 23. We are just getting started on like where Mm -hmm. our lives are going to be. But like what a cool thing to be able to like, it's nice when I get to see people's stories unfold as they're happening, Mm -hmm. you know, and like see where they started and then where they eventually end up. Yeah. And I guess we'll see where we end up. Hopefully somewhere amazing. (laughs) Yes. That's the goal. Cool. Well, thanks everyone. And we'll be back next week for more of a month of women um, to mm-hmm. highlight the women for this month and every month, actually, but especially yeah. this one. That's the one thing I realized. We're like, wow, so perfect. It's International Women's Day. Like, it would have been perfect literally no matter what we were talking about. So it's like, wow, we're talking about women in history. Who would have thought? Yeah. Wow. It's almost like this is literally what we do as a podcast. Yep. So um, we definitely have plenty of episodes if you're trying to expand your knowledge of women in the arts this month. I think we've almost got an episode for every single day of the month. Totally. So yeah. go back, listen to a bunch of them, um, and we'll be back at it again next week with more. And yeah. yeah. Go be a muse. Yes. Or more than. <laughs> go be more than a muse. A. Okay. There we there go. We Should go. that be our little tie off? There's our sign off. <laughs> go be more than a muse, ladies or men or whoever. Or whoever. Or whoever. Oh Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm just like making it more complicated the more I talk. It's fine. Bye. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.